Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashdan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Um, this uh, got a word this morning uh, for everybody that um, that I think is kind of a, a a fatherly word in that you know it's it's instruction that a father would give to his son, right? Like um, not 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 solely a warning word, but also information and. Um, I think it's just really, really important. I think it's always been important for the church. I think it's particularly important today. Actually, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Ashton, can you help me out? I just feel like there's a um, there's a there's a assignment from the from the enemy for distraction this morning because I know that you're going to do a good job at this. And Michelle, you can go to the bathroom. It's totally fine because I know that's where you're headed. But uh, but you just stick your head out in the lobby and see if there's any adults out there that need to be brought back in here. And uh, thank you, because Ashton is like the guy to do that. So, oh, and leave Ken out there. Ken, Ken's, Ken's on security. Ken's like, I'm supposed to stay out here. Leave him out there. But I just think that, uh, especially, uh, put your put your phones where you can't see them, um, and uh, or hear them. Please turn them off or, or silence them so they don't distract people around you. Um, yeah, I've, I just. Uh, when you, start, uh, when you start coming hard against the, the spirit of darkness, uh, there's a lot of pushback, and there's one, of the, one of the ways that pushback manifests itself is through distraction, okay? And there's a lot of distraction, okay? Don't, so there, there isn't even, there's distraction without objects, right? Your mind wants to wander, right? Guys, you're thinking about what you got to do tomorrow. I know, me too. Actually, right now I'm thinking about this, but I mean, after this, I'll be thinking about what I got to do tomorrow. So I, I know it's hard, uh, to put those things out, you know, moms, you think about what you got to do. It, it's, it's, it's a lot, but I just, I just encourage you, and I'm even going to pray that over us right now for real spirit of focus, not focus on Nate, but Nate is the one that's, that's speaking this this morning. So in a way, yeah, please focus on what I'm saying. I believe it's from the Lord, and we're going to cover what he says about it in his word as well. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here right now, and we ask you to help focus our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears, Lord, that you would guard our minds from wandering um, into anywhere except where you want them right now. Father, I just thank you. Uh, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the leadership in this church. Father, I thank you, God, that, uh, that we're here for you and because of you and that this is your church, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way this morning. We invite you to expose darkness. We invite you to deliver your people from oppression. We invite you to be the spirit of truth and to uproot any lie and any and all deception. In Jesus' name, say amen. amen. All right. Um, we're gonna, we'll get in the word here in just a second. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this isn't like a cute, like, oh, it's a Halloween trick-or-treat message. Really going to talk about uh, whether or not we're being tricked. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, it's just appropriate. This is the, uh, the high holy day for Satanists today and for uh, members of the occult. This is the, uh, the highlight. It's their Christmas, their Easter, however you want to um, 
kind of see it or coin it. Um, and that, that's just a fact. And so this, this word actually comes from a place, uh, some of you know Charles Patterson. Charles Patterson said something in a conversation to uh, the elders over the last couple of weeks. Just uh, he, He's like, hey, you know, we, don't, we probably don't teach enough about uh, how to look out for the occult. And then uh, Todd Adams, one of our elders, talked to me and said, hey, you know, maybe on Halloween, I don't know who's preaching, but maybe that's something we should maybe talk about. And he's like, he's like, there was no pressure, right? Don't put words in the preacher's mouth, right? That's what everybody always says. Don't put words in the preacher's mouth. Uh, he didn't. Um, and, uh, but I, I, as soon as he said it, the Holy Spirit was like, that's where we need to go. And so that's where we are today. We're going to talk about how to identify and guard against the occult. Okay, buckle up. You can take uh, little notes if you want to. I don't have a note sheet, but you can write on those prayer cards in front of you, right? That's what we did as kids anyways. It was like, that was the only uh, stationery we were allowed to have, or our pink sermon notes. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, so I want to start with definitions. Uh, definitions are important. So what is the definition of the occult? It's this term that gets thrown around a lot. People are like, that's a cult. That's the occult. That's, you know, or, you know, and we're like, what does it mean? And uh, really, the, the, you would think that the definition would be like, anything that's satanic, right? And that's just not the definition. Uh, the definition is knowledge of the hidden or paranormal, okay? So involvement in the occult uh, is a, at its root or kind of bare bones, it's a desire for hidden knowledge, Okay, there's a desire to know things or have things that you didn't previously have or that aren't conventionally gained, right? Can't go to HEB and buy it, okay? You can't get it on your phone, right? Those, those types of things. So um, that's, that's what the occult involves. Um, desire for hidden knowledge. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Is that just kind of like, hmm? Like, have you read Genesis 2 in the last couple months? This desire for hidden knowledge. Do you realize that, that that is the exact thing that the serpent came to Adam and Eve with? Did you know that? What did God say? He put, he put Adam and Eve in the garden. He made all these trees, and he said, I want you to eat from all of them except this one, because this one is the knowledge or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die. And the serpent comes and he's like, you're not going to die. Did God, I mean, did God mean that? He's not, you're not going to die. The reason he said that, I'm paraphrasing, the reason he said that is because he doesn't want you to be like him. Because if you eat it, you're going to be like God. You're going to know all these things. You're going to have hidden knowledge. That was partially true. Do you realize that what he was selling Adam and Eve was that you're missing out on something and that God's trying to keep you from something better, when in fact the truth was God was trying to keep information from them because it was for their good. But they went ahead, and we know how the story goes, and they disobeyed, and they gained the knowledge of good and evil, which they did not have before, and then they brought death into the world. See, there's knowledge, there's things, even now and today, that are not for us to know. And there's other things that are for us to seek out and for him to reveal in his timing. And then there's stuff that we're all to know that's been purely and totally revealed in his word. But there's some things 
that are better kept hidden. You read Ephesians and Galatians, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of things that are hidden, and it's for a reason. It's for our good. So to be involved in the occult is basically to say, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but I'm going to go and try to find that stuff out another route. I'm going to go because I deserve to have that knowledge, and I'm going to go and find it out by any means necessary. It's a desire for hidden knowledge, and it's not a new deception, okay? Um, the occult is a direct assault on Christianity and on the Bible and on the Godhead, and you might sit there and wonder, why are we even talking about this today? Because the occult has made its way into the church. That's why we're talking about it. Um, if it hadn't, we probably wouldn't need to say anything. Um, our very faith in Jesus, at its core, uh, because, we're, because we're not designed to know everything, we're designed to trust in him. And, and basically, the occult comes and says, and says, don't do that. There's other ways. Okay, so it's this direct assault at our, Jesus is the only way to the Father. Okay, it just, right at its very core, it says, that's wrong. And that's actually the easiest way for us to spot the fake. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'm going to tell you guys three ways to uh, identify the occult and three ways to guard against it. Okay, that's, what, that's where we'll end today. But hang with me for a little while until we get there. Um, some examples of the occult, uh, and many of these are listed with the exact same words in Scripture, which we're going to see in a minute, and some of them are are. Newer, meaning uh, there's, there, we either have new language for them or it's something that's been invented since, um, since the word was written. But some examples of these occult practices or um, our objects are magic, wizardry, uh, witchcraft, mysticism, angel worship, astrology, crystal balls, aura cleansing, tarot cards, psychics, palm readings or palmists, uh, dream catchers, mediums tea leaf readings, fortune cookies, horoscopes, and really any oracle that goes beyond the word of God. You want me to read that again? Yes, Nate, we do. Magic, wizardry, witchcraft, mysticism, angel worship, astrology, crystal balls, aura cleansing, tarot cards, psychics, palm reading, dream catchers, mediums, tea leaf readings. Yes, that's a thing. Fortune cookies, horoscopes, and any oracle beyond God's word. Those are some examples. There's more, but I don't like to, as Sloan quoted Bill Johnson this morning, we don't like to give the enemy any more attention than it takes to get the crosshairs on him and pull the trigger. So we're just going to, we don't need to exalt his work. Let me stop right here and say that if you've been involved with any of these things or are currently involved with any of these things, one, please stop. Um, but two, you don't need to go into that place of like shame and fear and like, oh shoot, is he going to find out? I don't need to find out. It's not about me. It's really, there's an opportunity like to just lay it down, repent, and the Lord will uh, put your sin as far as the east is from the west and not remember it. So it's not any, these aren't, these aren't any different. You don't treat this any different than you do any other repentance. Just walk away from it. It's totally it's totally going to be in your past. Just lay it down, okay? And keep that in mind as we move forward. There's freedom and deliverance and healing available right now. And some of these things might have opened up a door where you'll need deliverance, okay? Where you've opened up, where you've agreed with the devil and invited him in, and now we need to close that door and invite him out, 
right? Which you don't actually do. You, don't, you never ask the devil to leave. You tell him, okay? Because he didn't ask to come in. All right. I did a lot of studying this week on the occult, which is really lame. Um, I mean, it's it, like I don't often study the counterfeit stuff, and I, don't, I usually just don't. But I thought I'm teaching on it. I probably know a little bit more than what I already know. And, but specifically studied a lot of witchcraft. And uh, man, the, the levels of deception in the world right now are at an all-time high, and I knew that, but I didn't actually quite grasp how high. You know that I'm, there's about a million, I mean, there's no way to know, but rough estimates, there's about a million witches in the United States. It's about the same number of Unitarian Universalists in the United States, okay? And so just to give you kind of a, an estimate, there, and I mean, there is within, within 15 miles that I know of, there's like two or three Unitarian churches. So like, that'll give you an idea of the witch population, okay? And witches don't, they don't have pointy hats and huge noses and no toes and spit blue slime and ride on brooms, right? That's, that's at least, probably most of them don't. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've never met one that did all those things. So I have met others and they just seem normal. Um, but anyways, they use the same language that we do in the church. Everybody say same. same. I'm talking verbatim. I was reading this blog by a witch, and she's like, I'm a seer. I'm like, we have seers in the church. I'm a healer. I let the spirit guide me. I've said that. How about, there's a lot of them. I wrote a bunch of them down here. Um, they have anointing oils. Online schools. They're, they're, uh, equivalent of a ministry school. They, uh, they, uh, they consider themselves the embodiment of truth, like how we consider Jesus, right? Uh, they consider themselves the embodiment of truth. They go after some of the same things too. Did you know that people seek, they, they, the witch, I don't know, the Wicca religion, we'll just say, experienced extreme growth when COVID started. Why? People looking for answers. Same reason the church experienced growth. They said, they said when hard things happen, well, this, is, this is some of their blogs and materials they put out, when hard things happen in the world, uh, basically business is good. And that's another way that you spot it because it usually is a business. There's usually financial transaction that has to happen. But people go to them for answers. Hey, I need healing in my relationship. They'll go to them. And then when they get it, do you know what they do? They testify about it. They write down testimonies, and then they put, and then that's advertisement and marketing. Hey, look, we had, I'm not kidding you, there's one I read that's like, we had 12 new jobs, uh, four pregnancies, two healthy births. They're, they're praying for all these things, and then giving glory to who? The witch. Same language. They're looking for some of the same results. So you're like, so what's the difference, and how do we even know the difference? They're, they're obvious, but they're subtle. And this is the way that this stuff can sneak in. Did you know they get testimonies for physical healing? Deliverance from tormenting nightmares. Anyways. Super quiet. Could really use some 
heard that amens and just to break the silence. No, not, yeah, just yay, yay God. All right, open your Bibles to Deuteronomy. It's in the beginning. It doesn't, that's not the one that starts in the beginning, but it's, it's five after that or four after that. Deuteronomy chapter 18. It'll be up on the screen if you'd like to follow along. Actually, I'll probably read it off the screen as well. But, um, so you're like, is this really a big deal? I mean, like, you know, yeah, it's a big deal. There's so many passages in scripture that talk about magic, wizardry, sorcery, witchcraft, and stuff like that. I'm only going to read a couple. Um, but we need to understand how the Lord views these types of things because it's not a new problem, okay? Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14 uh, this is the Lord. It says, when you enter the land which the Lord your God, I'm sorry, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. That's, that's like child sacrifice, okay? Does that sound familiar? Abortion. One who uses divination or trying to speak to the dead or the other side on somebody's behalf. Um, sorry, I lost my spot. One who practices witchcraft or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who casts a spell or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls upon the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for those nations which you shall dispossess Listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. Several other places say similar things. Leviticus 19.31, Leviticus 26, which literally compares consulting mediums to, and, and magicians. It compares it to adultery, where God basically says you're whoring yourself out. That's what the word says. It says you, you, you go consult a medium, you're a whore. Isaiah 8, 19, Isaiah 2, 6, Revelation 21, 8. There's several. Galatians 5, 20. Oh, they're up there. Good. You can write them down uh, if you'd like to. Um, there, is, there is strong language. So you say, well, Nate, that's, that's the Old Testament. That's Deuteronomy, and we know that the Lord is, is different now. Well, no, he's not. Actually, the Lord's the same, and thank God the way that he deals with his people happens to be different because of Jesus, right? The way that he sees us once we believe in Jesus, he sees us through, his, through Jesus's imputed righteousness on us, thank God, right? Because we, maybe some of us in this room, maybe many of us have been involved in some of this occult stuff, and then you read that verse, and you're like, God thinks I'm detestable. I'm detestable to him. Well, no, when you, when you repent, when you invite him to be Lord of your life, he sees you differently, and now the encouragement is to lay that sin down at the cross and follow him. But he still loves you and chases after you, and it doesn't cut you off from his people. Thank God. I'm going to read a story here. You turn to Acts chapter 8. This is the story of Simon the sorcerer. But I want you to see something in this story that I think is important to note before we talk about these points here. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Everybody doing okay? Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city. He amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine, is the divine power. You see that? Not this man has divine power. This man is the divine power known as the great power. They thought he was God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and, and, the, name, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon, verse 18, saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Spirit. Now, do you know why he said that? Because the occult is always only transactional. It's not relational. The occult is always only transactional. It costs something. Always. Every single one of those testimonies I shared with you where people meet with a witch and get the witch to light a candle and burn a snake skin and sacrifice a mouse and do something with bones and all that stuff, that all costs money. A lot of money. It's how they make their, it's how they make their living. I'm a full-time witch. Well, they don't take offerings. They charge for doing all their things. I'll build you a little altar. That's 500 bucks. I'll burn a candle for you. My standard burning candle rate is 250 per candle. I'll let you know in a week how it went. Hey, it burned really clean. I'm not making this up. Don't go study it. I mean, you can if you want to fact check me or something, but like, don't, don't get enamored in it because you're paying attention to things that are not worth paying attention to. It's not, it's not worth studying counterfeits just for the sake of knowing about them. Okay, it's worth studying the, the genuine, and then you can spot counterfeits. All right, keep reading here. Simon says, give me, he says, here's some money. Give me this power too. Verse 20, Peter answered, may your money perish with you. No, I actually probably said it like this. May your money perish with you, okay? He was offended and rightly so because you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he'll forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And then Simon says, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you've said will happen to me. Do you know why Peter responded that way? Because Peter had read Deuteronomy 18. That's why Peter responded that way. Peter knew that God's heart towards the occult was harsh. And so Peter, who was not afraid to open his mouth and speak up, Peter would have been great during COVID, by the way. Just, we would have brought him on staff here. It would have been fantastic. He would have just been right in our stream, and it would have been really good. But uh, where was I saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, 
but, but he had read Deuteronomy and he had read Isaiah. He knew, what the, he knew what the Old Testament said about magic and wizardry and sorcery and, and witchcraft and all these things. And then he sees someone who's following Jesus and just got baptized start to go, hey, here, and, and basically do an act of the occult as a spirit-filled follower of Jesus. And Peter goes, no, shut up. Maybe God will forgive you. You can see Peter just like, I know God's going to forgive him. But like, you can see, I mean, because Peter knew, but he's like, he's like, this is offensive. And you better shut it down now. You have no part in us until you do. And he took it very seriously. And you remember, this is the book of Acts. So this is New Covenant, New Testament now. And he treated it like this. So, God, I love Peter, man. I love Peter. I identify with Peter, <laughs> not as Peter. <laughs> Excuse me. Sometimes you gotta let those ones simmer for a second. <laughs> yeah. You want Peter at your school board meeting? We've determined that the occult is bad, yes? <laughs> occult, bad, kingdom of God, good. All right. Um, but now we need to talk about how to identify it and how to keep our doors closed to it. Number one, how to identify it. You ask the question, where's Jesus? Okay. Any new thing, people are like, hey, I just went and I just did this thing and it was really cool. And they're like, oh, it's totally Christian. It's totally good. You know, we're like right next door to a church and everything. And, uh, and I'm like, sweet man, tell me about it. Tell me about your thing. And uh, they tell me about it, and I'm like, great, man, where's, where's Jesus? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's all about Jesus. I'm like, yeah, but where's Jesus in your thing? You know, where's Jesus in this thing that you did, right? And uh, usually he's not there at all. And, uh, or, or it's something like, well, Jesus, like, made the trees that we make the tarot cards out of. So, you know, he totally blesses it. And I'm like, that's where we're at. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to, do you think that's going to stop my argument telling me that Jesus, of course Jesus made the trees. Those trees make a lot of things that aren't good. Anyways, but uh, if it doesn't include Jesus as high priest, Lord, Savior, God, if it doesn't make room for that or waters that down, it's not, it's not of Jesus. If Jesus can't be God, then it can't be Jesus. Is that, is that, Pretty clear. That's the first question I ask when people are like, oh, I got healed. I did this thing. Oh my gosh, I've never felt so good. I'm like, sweet, where's Jesus? And they're like, no, they're praying in the name of Jesus. I'm like, sweet, praise God. They're like, no, no, I had to drink this really cool stuff. I drank it, it made me feel kind of weird. But then they looked at the bottom of the cup and they're like, hey, I see. And then they told me stuff about me that they didn't know. And I'm like, and, and, then, I, and then I walked out and I felt better and I haven't had bad dreams since. I'm like, sweet, how much did it cost you? It was only $1,000. Witchcraft. Don't be afraid to call it for what it is. What, okay, number two, what does the word say? As you've seen, the word of God is just so clear. There, there, there's so many passages, and if you missed writing them down, I can email them to you, something if you need them. But it's not even all of them that I wrote down that specifically talk about magic and wizardry and witchcraft and sorcery, spells, and all this, all this stuff. Uh, so we can start right there. We can start right there, and if it's on the list, <laughs> it's no good, no good, no bueno. Okay, 
Uh, and uh, if it's not on the list and you think it might be, that's a red flag. But if it's not on the list and you're not sure, then you do number three. What does your pastor say? You need to hear me on this one. I'm not telling you we have all the answers. I'm telling you that we have to surround ourselves and submit to, everybody say submit to. I am submitted to a pastor. I'm submitted to Glenn Hubbard. He's my pastor. He's rebuked me. He's encouraged me. He's done all of the pastoral things. He's helped discern and, and see where I'm deceived. He's seen things I haven't seen. He's gotten information before I've got it. Why? I'll tell you in just a second. But you have to surround yourself. It's your responsibility. Nobody can make you. Surround yourself and submit to spiritual leaders in the context of the local church. It's the way God set it up, like it or not. Have there been abuses of this power? Absolutely. There will be until Jesus returns. That is not a reason to not do it. Are there, are there, are there abuses going on in our culture today? Maybe even in this town. I don't know. Probably. In Austin, yes. On Lakeway, I don't know. But in Austin, yeah, there's like 1,100 churches. Odds are there's some abusive power going on. It's not a good enough reason not to submit. I mean, you won't want to submit to whoever's abusing the power, but it's not a good enough reason to not follow this instruction from the Lord. The Lord has appointed his church to be governed in this way. We submit to spiritual leaders who are submitted to other spiritual leaders who are all submitted to Jesus. That's who you submit to. I will never, I can't submit to a leader when the buck stops with him. When he's as high as it goes, that's dangerous. We can't go there. My leader has to be submitted to other leaders who are all submitted to Jesus. And that is what Pastor Glenn is to me. Oftentimes, the Lord will give your leader, your pastor, discernment on something that you have not received. Let me give you an example. When Jesus was born in the manger, no room for him in the end, they're kind of outside of town, who were the first people that God announced the birth of his son to? The shepherds. That's for another sermon. But there's truth in there. That, that principle carries through. Why did, he tell, why did he tell the shepherds? Well, they were guarding their flocks. Remember, if you're deceived, by definition, you don't know you're deceived. If you know you're deceived, it's not deception. <laughs> it's just stupidity. Like if you're, if you're not getting out of the deception and you know, you're like, oh, I've been deceived, but I'm going to continue. That's just insanity or stupidity or the spirit of dumb, rebellion. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, spirit of dumb. Yeah, it's in here. No. Um, no, that's the dumb spirit, the dumb mute spirit, right? Oh, sorry, I got it. Um, anyways, um, but if you're deceived, you don't know it. And so how do, you, how do you get undeceived? If you don't know you're deceived, you surround yourself with people who will help you see it, who you're submitted to, who you will, who you will respond to when they say, hey, you're deceived. And, and here's the truth. Because how else will you know? You'd be like, well, the Lord's going to tell me. I promise you, if you're deceived, the Lord has been telling you or has already told you, and you haven't seen it. So we have to surround ourselves with spirit-filled believers who will 
put their arm around us and say, hey, man, I think you might be missing it here, and I'm not, ju- I'm not judging your heart or your character or your integrity. I'm just saying I love you, and I think maybe you're missing it in this area. And you can go, thank you, Jesus, for surrounding me with brothers and sisters who would care enough about me to do this. Okay? That makes sense? All right. Now how to guard against it, the last three things. How to guard against it, or better way to say it is how to keep your doors closed to it. Because oftentimes when we're talking about the occult, we say, we say something like, hey, we want to make sure that we don't open up doors to the occult. Okay? We don't want to make room for any enemy of Jesus Christ to come in. Okay? Sometimes we could just, it like, I'm not going to be overtly satanic, right? But it'd be really easy me, for me to be like, well, I'm not going to invite anybody in. I'm just going to prop the door open real quick. I'm just propping the door open. I'm not even going through that. I'm not going to stay away from the door right there, right? In Jesus' name, shut the door. That wasn't even planned. I'm just, I'm just saying there's, there's, often, there's often times where we can be like, I'm not going through that door. I'm not inviting anybody in the door. But we left the door open. What do I mean by that? Number one, we have to guard our gates. You have four gates, at least four that I'm going to cover right now. You have four gates in your body that you need to guard. The first gate is your eyes, okay? You need to be very careful. When you guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, one of the ways that you guard it is by guarding what goes in your eyes, what you look at, what you watch. If you're watching occultic movies, horror movies, demonic movies, movies that glorify the work of the devil, you have opened up a door. I'm not saying that you've automatically let in a legion of demons, but I'm saying you've left the door open. That's your eyes. The second gate is your ears, what you listen to, occultic music, occultic talk. Even This goes, we're talking in the context of the occult, but you mean we guard our eyes and ears and Lots of different contexts, right? We don't want to listen to gossip or unwholesome speech or those types of things. But in the context today is what we listen to. That's a gate that we have to guard. Another gate are your feet. Your feet take you where you go, okay? So you need to be careful who you are going to participate with, what you are going to participate in, where you are spending your time. Your feet are a gate that you have to guard. And your fourth gate is your tongue. You have to guard your tongue against what you say. And oftentimes, the reason I say that one last is because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? And so once these gates and these gates have been compromised, and then the mind and the heart has been compromised, oftentimes what comes out of here is compromised. And what does that do? that can get somebody else's uh, heart and mind in a bad condition because your tongue is very powerful. Guard your gates. You stay away from occultic movies, music, games, video games, occultic art. Get rid of any occultic objects in your home. You don't need them. Dream catchers, mood rings, things like that. These are, there's, there's, no, there's nothing glorifying to God in those things. Number two, as we're shutting the door to the occult, one of the ways that we do that is we open our door to heaven wider, okay? Swing wide, right? Uh, 
the more that we pursue Jesus, the more that we pursue his word, his manifest present, the easier it is to spot fakes. Okay, the more we spend more time getting to know the genuine and the more a fake looks like a fake. Okay, and I'm not, I'm, 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 how do I say this? I have a gift of discernment. It's just one of my spiritual gifts. Many of you have the same gift. Okay, one of the things that, uh, my, about my personality that you probably know, and definitely if you know me well, is that I'm pretty even, okay? Right? Pastor Glenn teases me. He's like, you know, when Nate gets excited, he does this. And it's true. My, I wrote a book. My first, my first 10 books, my gift from my publisher, came in this week. Kaylee's like, oh, my, your book's here. It's finally here. Oh, my gosh. We've been waiting since January. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm like this is awesome. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm crying. There's a video. That's how I responded. And I didn't go into my room and cry and have a secret dance party either. That, but, I, but I was genuinely excited. Like, I, I mean, I was like, I was like Man, I'm, I'm so glad this is finally here. But I'm very even. So one of the things that, listen, there's a gift in here, I'm telling you. There's a gift in here. One of the things, I am not enamored by gifting, and I'm not enamored by personality, and I'm not enamored by anointing, and I'm not enamored or moved by your uh, charismata, right? right? So I'm, I'm not. And that's good. It doesn't mean that I'm not enamored at God who's working through you, but I'm, but somebody comes up to me and they're like, and they do their thing, you know, and they're, and I'm just like, I can, I can, I can, I'm very level in that way. I've always been that way. Okay. So, but because I'm level and because I also, you know, I also know, know the word, not as well as I want to or will, but I do know it when somebody comes to me with one of those stories of, man, I went and I drank, I drank the tea and, and it made me hallucinate and I, I'm better and I'm, you know, and, and I was, I, I had this sickness and now I don't and God is so good. Look, look what he used. All I needed to do was go over here and use this. I'm like, actually, that's, that's the devil. And I'll just crush their spirit. And that's fine because I'm actually loving them really, really well by not letting them go down the path of the occult anymore. And, and did they experience something real? Oh, you bet you they experienced something real. That stuff's real as real gets. But it's not the truth, and it's not the genuine, and it's extremely dangerous. Worship team, come back up. Everybody stay engaged. There's one more. Number three, ways that you guard against or keep your doors closed uh, to the occult. Become a member of a local church, okay? You cannot, one of, the, one of the most dangerous things that you can do is bounce around to churches. One of the most dangerous things that you can do is bounce around. I'm not talking about visiting other church, like we went out of town and saw this other church or my friends preaching. Just, I'm not saying that. I'm saying not be submitted and not be a member, a part of the family in a local church. You have been designed as a follower of Jesus in his kingdom, his government, to be a part of a local church. And bouncing from church to church is like playing with fire. Fun, but dangerous. I'm a boy. Playing with fire is extremely fun. I, pl- I still play with fire. I was playing fire this week but it's dangerous and you can get burned. And when that fire that you're playing with 
has to do with eternality and has to do with the kingdom of God and has to do with your family and has to do with your soul and has to do with your health and has to do with your livelihood, it's really not worth playing with. Become a active and involved and functional member of a local church the church family that we have, the leaders that you are submitted to, these family members are keys to your success in keeping the doors closed to the occult. God has designed you for this. Uh, when you become distanced, it's more easy to be deceived because if you're isolated or distanced, who's gonna tell you that you're deceived? Who's gonna know that you're deceived? If you're not sharing your life and these things that are going on with people around you, there's no, you're giving no opportunity for somebody to come up to you and be like, hey man, I heard you share that testimony and I don't really know if that was right or not. Tell me more. There's no opportunity for that. You can't even get there if you're isolated or if you only show up long enough to be like, I'm here, and then you're gone, right? But when you're thriving in a healthy church, you're under the covering and blessing of that church. There is spiritual covering just by being a part of the church, but there's even more by being in a community where people will put their arms around you and help you and where you can put your arms around others and help them see if they're deceived. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.